Welcome everyone to Talia Tuesday on the Blueprint Podcast, where we dive deep into the realms of confidence and assertiveness with our co-host, Talia Bombola. As a licensed marriage and family therapist and specialist in confidence and assertiveness, Talia brings a wealth of expertise and insights to our discussions. Join us each Tuesday as we explore practical strategies, personal anecdotes, and empowering advice to help you cultivate the confidence and assertiveness you need to thrive in all aspects of life. Get ready to unlock your full potential and build the life you desire with Talia and Jason as your guides. Talia, welcome back for another Talia Tuesday. Hey, happy to be here. So today's going to be a little bit different with Talia Tuesday. We have someone who wrote in on Instagram. It's one of the comments that we want to address. Again, we don't get a lot of time to go into the comment section and to really interact with all of you guys. So this is our way of showing a little bit of love as much as we can and answer some of the questions that we think are really going to help you guys out. So Talia, we're going to break this down into sections. Yes. What do I do if I'm an anxious attachment style and my fiance is an avoidant who has set boundaries for space and is content with little to no affection daily. So first chunk, I would say to the person commenting, check in with yourself and see how much affection you actually do want daily. Like you might actually not be that far off, but if you're not using very clear wording or very clear expectations, like we talked about in last episode, then she might feel, oh, he wants whatever it is, constant affection all the time, 900 kisses, 500 hugs. And you're like, no, I just want like a hug and a kiss a day. You have to be able to negotiate somewhat within that anxious avoidant trap, as we call it, or the roller coaster. What are those wants and needs? Are they so very different from each other that it won't work? Or can you agree on some sort of amount of connection? And then the rest of this is really where it gets juicy. So I'll leave it at that for now because this is very specific after. It goes on to say she's going through a ton of issues with custody and works third shift. When it comes to third shift, guys, I, I need to let you know how difficult that is just from a standpoint of if you have children and you're trying to navigate that as a single parent and then you're working, let's say 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. So you're working during your regular sleep cycle. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be tired. You're going to feel anxious and frustrated frustrated, oh, yeah. irritable, and there's all these things that are going to be going on. It's going to impact your physiology. And so we have to have a certain amount of empathy and understanding of what the other person is going through on on those shifts and i know that can be really hard sometimes because you're looking to get a need met mm -hmm. or to have some sort of connection and you're not receiving that when you need it most yes so when somebody's not receiving it when they really need it the most from that third shift perspective mm -hmm. right we see this a lot with first responders oh yeah what can you do to be able to maintain some sort of contact with your partner and get your needs met in that situation i think asking them because like the next line says just a ton on her plate and is stressed out and depressed understandably like you were talking about also your rhythm is women's rhythm are not already set up to work a 24-hour clock we have a 28 to 36 day cycle like we just see time totally differently than the way the world is structured so that's a double whammy coming at it from the perspective of validating just like you wrote i know you're really stressed i know you work the third shift i know that this is a lot for you and i don't my request is not to make it worse on you my request is to try to alleviate some of your stress with that connection um, I'm, you know, here's, here's the need that I would love to have met. Can we do that? Right. Maybe one hug and one kiss a day is all that she can give right now. And as that slowly starts to build or she feels less stressed, she might be able to give more. But when we only ask for our need to be met after it's crossed over into like, I need this, not like it's a need, but I'm cool. If it doesn't go met right now, 
you have to ask early and be okay with not like the bare minimum, but somebody's all when they're super depleted might feel like the bare minimum. So being empathetic to their position that they might only be able to give you a hug and a kiss. They might only be able to give you, I know when I was like two weeks postpartum, my mom was like very well-meaning. Well, I feel like um, you don't ask how I am as much. And she wasn't saying it to be like self. She was just like, she missed that part of our relationship. And I said, I miss it too. I literally have nothing left to give. And she was like, okay. Cause I, on the surface was handling it better than what I felt like internally. Right. And then I opened up and she's like, oh, that's a lot. And I'm like, yeah. So be mindful that another person might be going through so much under the surface that you don't see that blocks them from giving what they also want to give, but can't at the time because they're so depleted. And it goes on to say, and this is teetering on resentment. So if you guys didn't catch the last episode of Talia Tuesday, make sure you go back and listen to that one on resentment. Yeah. So I take the short end of the stick due to all of this. And so I would be very careful with the word choice that you're using to describe yeah. your experience of yeah. this person that you love. Yes. We, we need to rewrite that narrative or change that story that we're telling ourselves about that situation. Mm -hmm. goes on to say, I want it to work because I love her to death. What can you say about that? What does that bring up for you when you hear somebody make that statement? Desperation. This is no yeah. disrespect to the person writing in. I can sense like they truly do want it to work. And that's very characteristic of more of an anxious or insecure leaning anxious disposition is I, I'll give it my all. Like if I just give my all of myself and I end up like the stump at the end of the book, the giving tree, then maybe it'll be enough. It's not sacrificing yeah. yourself for the relationship or loving her to death. It's really not, hopefully not literally to death, obviously, but it's going to be the death of the relationship. Like it's too much pressure to put on the person. You need to also be expanding and having other needs met outside of the relationship of social connection of you can hug your friends. That's totally allowed. Like go get other connection needs met as much as you're able to. And it puts less pressure on that dyadic union that this partner is in. I want it to work. You do. Yes, you do. And taking the short end of the stick is one way to put it, but it puts you more in a victim position. It's so I'm having maybe maybe I'm struggling with uh, having enough empathy for the situation where I don't get as much of her as I used to or I don't get to give as much of myself as I used to. And that's sad. That is even a more accurate way to put it, that you might feel sad and, and lonely, which makes sense because you're missing a huge part of connection. In your relationship is even a less victim mindset to word it as, I would say. Yeah, it's important when you get to that place that you start evaluating your support system. You're Right now, you're feeling exasperated. You're frustrated. You're irritated. You're sad. You're lonely. You might even be feeling a little bit depressed. And so we want to make sure that you have a good enough support system where you do feel supported by other people. And that might mean that you have to do something new outside yeah. of the norm for you. That novelty can be enough to interject some happiness and connection and the things that you might feel that you're missing in this moment. And then what you realize is you're actually making yourself a priority as well. And so you're, you end up confidence expert, right? You, mm -hmm. you start building that self-confidence back yes. up and now you have enough to be present with this relationship when they have the opportunity to be present with you, right? When they're not working third shift or sleeping or whatever that in between looks like for you guys. It yes. goes on to say, but I feel so lonely at times and the despair is ridiculous. She recognizes her issues, but I don't see any work towards a better her. Hmm. So it sounds like she might not be doing some work and there's some expectations here as well. well I'm, I'm curious if she's voicing that she recognizes them or you're recognizing them on her behalf and then getting upset that she's not working 
towards a better her. So either way you slice it, she does recognize it. Homegirl's got a lot going on. Like she's not going to have the bandwidth to do the self work for it to actually be productive. If that's the case, empathy is the response. If she hasn't, if you're recognizing it on her behalf and she's not working towards a better her, she didn't say that she was going to do this in the first place. So reel those expectations in and keep them to yourself for a time being and work through them until you realize what it's really about. You want a partner maybe who does the self-work, the self-growth. If they loved me, they would fill in the blank. You got to unlearn some of those beliefs and narratives before you project too much of this onto your partner. Yeah, and that's a really great place to start writing some of this stuff down about your thoughts, feelings, and emotions and what you're experiencing in this situation with this person. You're recognizing that you want to be with somebody who is doing the work on some degree, on some level, more than what's happening in this current relationship. But it also goes back to that place of you have to find things that you admire admire about this person mm-hmm. so that you can start building that back up that those good feelings about your partner yeah it goes on to say i got issues too insecurity and fear of losing her but i feel if she can work on herself mm. i can work on myself easier because i know she means what she means mm. i think i think translation yeah understanding yeah i have my own stuff too insecurities and a fear of losing her that and i'm not saying this to be rude that is evident by what you've written you it actually does match up like your your thought and what you're going through match up so that's a good thing congruency is a good thing you feel if she can it's it's like codependent all over right. um i i feel good if you feel good i'm happy if you're happy if i if you can work on yourself then i can make it easier because i know i'm not in this alone as i really if, think if the ship is going down i'm going yes. down with you Yes. Yeah. Either we're sailing off into the sunset or we're sinking, but we're doing it together. We're not going to have different views of it because I don't want to be abandoned and I don't want to lose you. Right. That's thematic as well. So if if you are at the mindset of I and I'm I'm being dramatic on purpose, I can only work on myself if my partner's also working on themselves. That is a risky position to take because there's no guarantee that um, your partner will work on themselves at all unless they voice it to you. And even if they voice it to you, there's no guarantee they're going to be doing it constantly 100% of the time. People need breaks. People need other parts of their life. We can't always be doing the self-work. You're going to run yourself ragged. So work on, I would recommend this person read the book Codependent No More. It can be very eye-opening. There's also Beyond Codependency, both by Melody Beatty. Um, She has a new edition of the book. Working on yourself does not have to be contingent upon your partner's work on themselves. Do your best to separate it. Take your own path. If they want to join you, great. Make, I always tell people, make, and I don't use absolutes, but I really do always tell people this, make the path that you're on such an attractive journey that other people want to start theirs. You can't force people to start theirs. You can't force them onto your path. It's yellow brick road. Like you got to follow it on your own, but you can only pave one so beautiful that other people are like, wow, I kind of want some of what they're having. Like when Harry met Sally. Right. Yeah. You hear this a lot in the personal development space, and it's just one of those things. If you're taking care of you, if you're making yourself a priority, if you're doing the work and you're showing up and you're making these things happen, the question is always, my partner doesn't want to do the things that I want to do. How do I get them to do that? Well, you don't. You can't. You can't force somebody to do something that they don't have an intention of doing to begin with. However, don't let that stop you from experiencing new things, from doing different things, from going to therapy, from working on yourself and putting in the work, because the more that you do that, what you're actually doing is you're showing your partner what is capable, what is possible for them yes. because you're going to grow, you're going to change, you're going to develop, you're going to expand, you're going to become different. And as mm-hmm. you become 
become different. It might take six months. It might take a year. It might take a couple of years. Yeah. Right. So you really have to set the time frame of what you're willing to put in for this to work out. But eventually they come to you and they'll say, you know what? I really like what you've been doing recently. And, you know, maybe you lost some weight. Maybe you're doing mm -hmm. something different. You went out and got a different job. Maybe you've sure. been going to therapy. Your attitude has changed. Yeah. And you're in this place now where it's like, it's attractive. And they're like, holy smokes. Well, I don't want to be left behind. I, I, I need to do what they're doing or at least mm -hmm. experience a part of it. And that's the benefit. You are, be the change you wish to see, right? So you're showing up for your partner, but you're actually showing up for yourself as well. And it heals a lot of those insecurities. Is it does. What I would add to wrap that up in a bow that the, the more... The more you start asking yourself questions, like people, well, why did why does this person do this to me? Why did they do that? Why is what is why isn't the world going my way? Right. Old of you to assume it ever would, right? Like let's go real brass tacks. But also, why are you participating in a relationship where somebody does treat you that way? Why aren't you telling whoever it is it doesn't work for you? Like I always tell people, go inward. Like if you have a frustration or a concern about a relationship, what I'm not victim blaming when I say this, but like truly, what are you doing to contribute to it? even if it's participating at a minimum, like you're not asking to be treated poorly, but you're participating in a relationship that isn't meeting your needs. Where does that come from? What's that about? Which parent does that remind you of? Is usually the right. third question. People are like, damn it. I'm like, it all goes back to childhood, but that's me being more analytic. No, it, it and that's true. And so I always tell people, if you're going to get snarky, right? That's, that's a really great place because you, you can feel it coming on. You know that it's going to light this person up and you know, you're feeling like you just want some attention or you need some love or you want to have an experience with them. And you're not quite getting what you want. And so you get a little bit snarky or critical mm -hmm. of the other person because, Hey, at least it's attention. Right. But it, it's not exactly what you want in that situation. Yeah. And I think it's very, uh, it's wonderful that you brought that up because even, and I used to work exclusively with teens any attention is attention, even bad attention is attention. So they're like, well, my teen is only acting out. I'm like, is that the only time you ever talk to them? Parents like, yeah. And I'm like, well, it's kind of a reinforced pattern. So maybe you should give them praise and attention yeah. for other things. Even if it's tough to find something that they're doing well, find it, please. Like put on your goggles and find it and start praising them for what it is. Like we talked about last episode, positive reinforcement, what you appreciate appreciates. You get more of it, it grows. So if you want somebody to be different, appreciate what they do well, turn a blind eye to the stuff that you're like, oh, but they could be so much better if, fill in the blank, put your blinders on, go to work, do your own work, and you'll be surprised what that yields in your relationship. So my advice for this person in summary is do your own work, read the books that I recommended, try to have more empathy for your partner and understand the wording and using empathy when you voice your needs may get them met, not a guarantee. It's more likely that they will be met though because you're coming from a place of, I know how tired you are. It would mean the world to me if you could muster a hug at the end of the day, I would feel so close to you and I'd have more of myself to give back to you to help you be less stressed. And of course, be sure to tune in for another Talia Tuesday. See you next time. Thank you all for tuning into today's episode of Talia Tuesday on the Blueprint Podcast with Talia Bombola. Remember, building confidence, self-love, and assertiveness is a journey, and each step you take brings you closer to your goals. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for more insightful conversations and practical tips to support your personal growth, and head over to my stand store to sign up for the 21-Day Self-Love Challenge on sale now, and you can also drop a question for Talia and I for the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your strengths, asserting your boundaries, and living authentically. Take care, and we'll see you next Tuesday on the Blueprint Podcast.